Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 97 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 2 Kings chapter 17 today and our focus is on the consequences and dangers of worldliness. Why were God's people taken into captivity and what can we learn from them? Before we get started, let me remind you to check out our webpage, Bible2021.com, and if you think about it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on. In today's reading, we will read of the fall of the majority of Israel to the Assyrians. After the events of 2 Kings 17, only the tribe of Judah really remains relatively untouched, and they will even go into exile many years after this incident. So why would God allow and cause his people, his special people that he rescued out of Egypt, why would he allow and cause them to go into exile? Our passage today answers that question pretty succinctly in verses 7 and 8. It says, This disaster happened because the people of Israel sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, because they worshipped other gods. They lived according to the customs of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites and according to what the kings of Israel did. Now, as I think I've mentioned to you previously, I'm listening through the Old Testament this year via an audio Bible on the audible.com app. Earlier today, I was listening to the book of Judges being read and I was struck by the repeated godlessness of the people of Israel. Over and over again, God would rescue the people. Then they would do something and turn away from God again, serving other gods, living how they wanted to live, and honestly being brutal. Like Judges 18, for instance, it tells the story of a man who makes an idol and hires a Levite to be the priest of his home. A roving band of Danites, Israelites from Dan, comes and entices the man away, and so the man steals the idol and the household gods of his boss, and it's just a story where there's nobody that's doing what's right, not even the Levite. It just shows how far away the Israelites, even the priests, have gotten from God. And in the next chapter, boy, it gets worse. A man shamelessly allows his concubine slash wife, kind of a weird situation, to be raped and killed by a group of Benjaminites, another tribe of Israel. This man then cuts up his concubine into pieces and sends those pieces around to the other tribes of Israel to incite war against the Benjaminites who killed that woman. And the war results in tens of thousands of Israelites on both sides being killed. Who were the good guys in that situation? Like, nobody. It sounds like the concubine's the only one that didn't do anything wrong. It's another example of God's people just absolutely doing as they please. They're brutal and wicked, and over and over and over again, for hundreds of years, God's people rebel against him. He sends prophets, he sends priests, he sends his word, and they listen sometimes for a short while, but basically end up ignoring him over and over again. And Second Kings 17 represents a severe punishment in response to their centuries of wickedness. It is righteous and holy and good to punish wickedness like rape, murder, lying, stealing, etc. And God is righteous and holy. Well, many years later, God raises up a righteous king of Judah named Hezekiah, When Hezekiah begins his reign, the people of Judah, despite seeing how God had already punished the other tribes of Israel, had continued in the sins of their forefathers and their fellow Israelite tribes members and neglected the one true God over and over again to go after other gods. King Hezekiah, though, led a tremendous revival in the land, recognizing how the people of Israel had constantly strayed from God in the past. 2 
Chronicles 29 tells us about it. In verse 3 it says, In the first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the square on the east side, and said, Listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our parents were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to the God of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. So, What should our response be as New Testament, New Covenant believers when we read passages like this? Well, very briefly, I suggest two responses. Number one, trembling. God does not change. He is still holy, just as holy as he was during the Old Testament times. And his views on sinfulness and turning to other gods or idols or being worldly and following after the the things of the world are the same. In fact, The Bible says if we are friends with the world and the ways of the world, then that represents hatred towards God and adultery, spiritual adultery. So what do we do? We must tremble. Reminded by the writer of Hebrews, our God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 12, 29. Second, thanksgiving. If we stand, it is because of God's great mercies. As Jeremiah proclaims in the book of Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. All right, let's read our passage now. 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. In the twelfth year of Judah's king Ahaz, Hoshea son of Elah became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned nine years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not like the kings of Israel who preceded him. King Shalmaneser of Assyria attacked him, and Hoshea became his vassal and paid him tribute. But the king of Assyria caught Hoshea in a conspiracy. He had sent envoys to So, king of Egypt, and had not paid tribute to the king of Assyria as in previous years. Therefore the king of Assyria arrested him and put him in prison. The king of Assyria invaded the whole land, marched up to Samaria, and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria. He deported the Israelites to Assyria and settled them in Halah along the Habor, Gozan's river, and in the cities of the Medes. This disaster happened because the people of Israel sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and because they worshipped other gods. They lived according to the customs of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites and according to what the kings of Israel did. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. They built high places in all their towns from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. They burned incense there on all the high places, just like the nations that the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did evil things, angering the Lord. They served idols, although the Lord had told them, them, you must not do this. Still the Lord warned Israel and Judah through every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commands and statutes according to the whole law. I commanded your ancestors and sent to you through my servants the prophets, but they would not listen. 
Instead, they became obstinate like their ancestors who do not believe the Lord their God. They rejected his statutes and his covenant he had made with their ancestors and the warnings he had given them. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves, following the surrounding nations the Lord had commanded them not to imitate. They abandoned all the commands of the Lord their God. They made cast images for themselves, two calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed and worshipped to all the stars in the sky and served Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire and practiced divinations and interpreted omens. They devoted themselves to do what was evil in the Lord's sight and angered him. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel, and he removed them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah remained. Even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God, but lived according to the customs Israel had practiced. So the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, punished them, and handed them over to plunderers until he had banished them from his presence. When the Lord tore Israel from the house of David, Israel made Jeroboam son of Nebat king. Then Jeroboam led Israel away from following the Lord and caused them to commit grave sin. The Israelites persisted in all the sins that Jeroboam committed and did not turn away from them. Finally, the Lord removed Israel from his presence, just as he had declared through all his servants the prophets, so Israel has been exiled to Assyria from their homeland to this very day. Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvaim, and settled them in place of the Israelites in the cities of Samaria. The settlers took possession of Samaria and lived in its cities, and when they first lived there, they did not fear the Lord, so the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. The settlers said to the king of Assyria, The nations that you have deported and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the requirements of the God of the land. Therefore he has sent lions among them that are killing them because the people don't know the requirements of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria issued a command, Send back one of the priests you deported, have him go and live there so he can teach them the requirements of the God of the land. So one of the priests they had deported came and lived in Bethel, and he began to teach them how they should fear the Lord. But the people of each nation were still making their own gods in the cities where they lived and putting them in the shrines of the high places that the people of Samaria had made. The men of Babylon made sukkoth Benoth, the men of Kuth made Nergal, the men of Hamath made Ashima, the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharvites burned their children in the fire to Adrimelech and Anemelech, the gods of the Sepharvaim. They feared the Lord, but they also made from their ranks priests for the high places who were working for them at the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, but they also worshipped their own gods according to the practice of the nation from which they had been deported. They are still observing the former practices to this day. None of them fear the Lord or observe the statutes and ordinances, the law and commandments that the Lord had commanded the descendants of Jacob, whom he had given the name Israel. The Lord made a covenant with Jacob's descendants and commanded them, Do not fear other gods, do not bow and worship to them, do not serve them, do not sacrifice to them. Instead, fear the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. You were to bow down to him and you were to sacrifice to him. You were to be careful always to observe the statutes the ordinances, the law, and the commandments he wrote for you. Do not fear other gods. Do not forget the covenant that I made with you. Do not fear other gods, but fear the Lord your God, and he will rescue you from all your enemies. However, these nations would not listen, but continued observing their former practices. They feared the Lord, but also served their idols. Still today, their children and grandchildren continue doing as their ancestors did. Lord, have mercy. Well, friends, let's close with our Bible memory verse for April, James 4, 6. 
but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Good day to you and Godspeed.